0: It's time for the Fantasy Falcon Football Podcast. Woo! Welcome back everybody. Welcome to the Fantasy Falcon Football Podcast. I'm your host Kyle Faulkner, joined as always by my co-host Jeff Faulkner. Jeff, on episode number 50, how are you doing?
1: Well, 50 Burger, man, it almost didn't happen. We're dealing with some technical (laughs) difficulties this evening. I did a run at a shopper's drug mart to find a cable that was already in my house. It's been a mess, but here we are. We made it. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm excited, man. Um, you know, it's been a week. Um, I'm not going to jump off track here, but I don't want to take too long. But I kind of felt my wife's pain this week. And it's uh, my, I saw something on social media about, sorry, first of all, she always complains about how I can talk about fantasy football for hours and hours and hours. And once I get started around friends, that's all I talk about. So, anyways, I brought up something I saw on social media with her today. And it was about Britney Spears. I don't know if you know what's going on with her and this free Britney mm-hmm. movement. But it was like her fantasy football moment she basically for the next hour and a half was just like motor mouth uh, all this information thrown at me stats and percentages (laughs) and red zone it was crazy so um yeah personally I hope that works out for Brittany so I don't have to hear about it ever again but uh and you uh, know also I'm excited also just so that things are good for her too I guess but
0: but yeah you like that's the main
1: concern I don't want you to be bored (laughs) that's exactly it and uh as another side note, my son starts Little League tomorrow. I'm coaching his team, so I'm excited about that as well. So uh, hopefully the rain holds off when we get a game in. Absolutely. Well,
0: and, um, you know, you mentioned we had a little technical difficulty. We're a little behind the, behind the point on the clock. We usually like to be when we're starting the show, but that's all right. But uh, in the meantime, there was actually a game tonight. There was uh, Game 5 of the Stanley Cup playoffs, and uh, it's all ogre, folks. The Tampa Bay Lightning are back-to-back Stanley Cup champs. So uh, you know, congrats to them. Not that surprising, although I think what Montreal did in the first three rounds was a surprise to everybody. Um, but I wanted to ask you quickly, Jeff, um, because we had, a, you know, we had a Canadian hockey team and an American hockey team facing off in the finals. And every time a team from Canada uh, makes it, there's always this narrative that, the whole country has to be behind them, right? And we've seen this with basketball, like when the Raptors went on their championship run, obviously, right? We the North, um, the Blue Jays back in 2015 and 2016 when they went to um, when they went to the uh, the championship games. Um, yes, yes, yeah. But but in those cases, I find it a little bit different because there's only one basketball team in Canada. There's only one baseball team in Canada. Uh, What's your feeling on that? Just because Montreal is from Canada, do you think that there's an obligation on Canadian hockey fans to cheer for them?
1: No, not at all. I think think that's an easy out, and it's a nice little story. But, I mean, you look at the rosters, and they're comprised of The same amount, I'm sure the percentage of Canadian players versus European versus American players is pretty similar on both teams. And I think it just comes down to players. Like you root for Carey Price or Shea Weber or Steven Stamkos, you know, who kind of, yeah, he won last year, but uh, it wasn't the best season and he wasn't really as involved as I sure he'd like to have been. So it's kind of cool to see him win in front of his home crowd and and get to be a big part of the run. So um, no, I don't think you're obligated to cheer for him just because it's the the last Canadian team. And I know a lot of people that (laughs) refuse to just because it is the Montreal Canadiens.
0: Well, and that's a part of it too. And you know, it's uh, I got to walk a fine line here because it's it's hard to make the point without just sounding like a bitter Leafs fan. Um, which you know, as I said, when the Leafs got knocked out, if you're surprised or bitter, you're not a real fan because this is like when we went up three one, I knew what was going to happen in the series. <laughs> but uh, like you know, Montreal and Toronto—that's one of the oldest sports rivalries in you know North American pro sport. Why would I cheer for my team's, like, one of their most hated rivals to win the Stanley Cup? I wouldn't cheer for the Boston Bruins. I didn't cheer for the Ottawa Senators when they were uh, facing off against the Ducks a number of years ago. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's always this There's always this big happy narrative that, oh, this is our, everybody's got to cheer for, uh, you know, you've got to support Montreal and... No, I, I didn't buy into it, and and like I say, not just because I'm I'm bitter about what happened to Toronto, but just between the two teams, I wanted Tampa Bay to win, and I thought they were the better team, and I guess they showed they did, so good for you, Lightning. Anyways, buddy, uh, we are not a hockey podcast, believe it or not. Anyone tuning in for the first time, welcome to Fantasy Falcon Football, and uh, you picked a good episode to tune into. We, like we mentioned off the top, we are at episode number 50. Um, it's hard to believe, I guess, that this, uh, that this little thing that we started partway through the season last year and for the first few episodes, it was kind of just a, uh, a show centered around our own league of note, the league of extraordinary gentlemen. And, uh, over the past, you know, nine or 10 months, it's expanded to, um, just kind of general fantasy football fun and, and we're having a good time. The listeners are having a good time and, uh, hopefully this is, you know, the first 50 of many.
1: I agree. I real quick, I, I reached out to a guy in our league who is from the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. He's got Henniger. He's won it more than anybody. And uh, I reached out to him and he said to me this week, he said, I stopped listening after five or six episodes. What do you guys even talk about? So uh, first of all, we <laughs> appreciate the support and the honesty. And uh, yeah, I mean, there are weeks where there's less to talk about than others, but this week is jam packed. We got lots to go through today and uh, the 50 burger is going to be a fun week.
0: Yeah, this is a big one. So uh before we get down to business, Um, If you're listening, thanks a lot for being with us, and uh, if you could help us out, make sure you subscribe, rate, review, and uh, most importantly, talk about the show. Uh, Draft season's just around the corner, we're only going to say that about 600 times tonight, I promise. And, uh, you know, if you want to be a fantasy champion, you've got to put in the work. And uh, it helps us a lot when you talk about the show. It expands our listenership and, and uh, gets us out there and gets us more listener feedback to improve what we're doing. So you know, anyone you can think of, your coworkers, your league mates, your friends, your family, your postal worker, anybody. And uh, you know, last week I had the, I had my Dragon's Den idea of putting the little speaker on your dog's collar to attract spectators. Uh, and I've got another strategy for listeners out there, starting today until, the end of the fantasy season, just go ahead and change your email signature, that little automatic you know, sign-off where you've got your name, your phone number, your job title, and just change it so that it includes, do you want to be a Fantasy Falcon champion? Download and subscribe to the Fantasy Falcon Football Podcast. And I promise you, (laughs) the recipients of every email you send will thank you at the end of the season.
1: Yeah, we will too. I like that uh so we've been doing this for the last couple of weeks now or months now i guess so we're gonna do uh the jersey swap and for number 50 there's some big names on this one it's quite a long list so uh, let's jump into it so number 50 we got the admiral david robinson of the san antonio spurs big country bryant reeves of uh, vancouver grizzly fame uh ryan shazier from the the, our steelers here uh aj hawk mike singletary a classic bears jersey Justin Houston, one of the all-time, uh, he had some big years for, on the outside linebacker. K.J. Wright, Super Bowl champion for the Seahawks. Rob Ninkovich of the Patriots. Sean Lee, uh, but a little caveat with that one, that jersey's actually unavailable for six to eight weeks of the season because it's on the engine <laughs> reserve. Um, Mookie Betts, uh, baseball, one of the best baseball players in the game right now. Corey Crawford from the NHL. Antoine Vermette. Jonas Gustafson as well from the NHL. And my personal pick, Neon Budo. Who is uh, you know, Shaquille O'Neal in blue chips. That was his character in his jersey. So I think wow. that'd be a fun one. <laughs> who are you going with number fifty?
0: I'll admit, looking through the list, I got to that name and I was I was like at a total loss. Neon Budo. Wow. Um yeah, I think if I'm uh if I'm taking a jersey to put up on the wall of the uh man cave, you know, I'm going with the Ryan Shazir for sure. Um, but, uh, for, you know, for a regular whereabout Jersey, I, I got to go big country, the throwback, uh, nice. the throwback Vancouver Grizzly for sure. You know, it kinda, I kinda fit the name too. So, uh, yeah, that's Bryant Reeves all the way.
1: I am writing down, I will now refer to you as big country Kyle from so, <laughs> the rest of the ah, it's a working title. Yeah, it is.
0: All right, buddy. Well, we're going uh, to get cracking here. We've got a lot to get to, but uh, let's start things off with the opening kickoff. Opening kickoff. All right, buddy. Well, it's that time of year. We got camp reports and they're flying around like mosquitoes at sundown. And, uh, you know, it's a little bit confusing. We're getting different news from different people, from different teams every different day. One day a player looks great. The next day, you know, they're not even a lock to make the team. So I just want to kind of, I just want to take a quick temperature check with you, right? I know in this time of COVID screening, that's kind of a buzzword, but... uh, (laughs) I want to see where you're feeling. I want to see, you know, how things might have gone up and down and and just pick your brain here. So I got I got a few rapid fire questions for you just, you know, word association. Let me know the first thought that comes into your head, okay? Let's do it. All right. So, who do you think will start a game in the NFL first? Mac Jones with the Patriots or Trey Sermon with the 49ers?
1: Start a game. Uh, mm-hmm. ooh, that's a, I'm going to say Mac Jones.
0: Okay. Who do you think will have a bigger rookie season, Michael Carter or Javante Williams, college teammates?
1: Ooh, yeah. Um, Bigger season. That's interesting, too. I'm going to talk about Williams quite a bit a little bit later. So, yeah, that's interesting. I'm going to go Carter. I got a hunch about Michael Carter. I don't know about this Jets team. I know rookie quarterback and all that. (laughs) But, yeah, I I think his path is more clear right out of the gate.
0: All right. Who do you think gets signed to an NFL team first, Richard Sherman or Todd Gurley?
1: Oh, man. It's shocking to me that Sherman doesn't have a job already, so I'm going to go with him.
0: Okay. Uh, who do you think is going to play more games this year, Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill? <laughs>
1: um, well, that's a tricky question. Cause could we can
0: say – let's say start. Starting quarterback Starts? more games. Oh, yeah, man. starting quarterback um,
1: more games. Jameis. Famous Jameis. Famous Jameis.
0: Ws. Oh, yeah, the King Crab. All right, who do you think throws more interceptions this year, Tua or Jalen Hurts?
1: Oh, wow. Um, are we including practice? Because I heard Tua <laughs> No, he's got a head start. That doesn't count. Um, that's a tricky one, man. That's like a coin flip. I'm going to say Hurts.
0: I hope so, because that's... Uh... That's me and Craig's sandwich bet depends on his passing oh, not being right. very good. Um all right. You know what? I think we were I think we were on the same page for all of those. What did you say for the first one? Did you say Jones or Sermon?
1: I said Jones for the first one. I'm kinda yeah. iffy on the Carter versus Javonta Williams one. I think they both could have very similar Seasons when it's all said and done, but um, yeah, yeah, it I depends
0: how it depends how much of a role Williams carves out for himself. I think you're right. The path to a big workload is there for Carter pretty quickly. Um, the Mac Jones one, I actually changed. The original question was, who do you think will start first, Mac Jones or Trey Lance? But I'm starting to hear a lot of a lot of talk that Cam is not looking so good, and that the Patriots, the way they're practicing their offense, looks more like they want just a settled quarterback. They don't want somebody who's scrambling around or whatever. So they might actually be uh tipping their hand a little bit that, that Jones might be getting a look. Um so I went away from Trey Lance uh to his teammate Trey Sermon uh just because, you know, we were we're gonna get to it in the news in a minute here, but uh one of the pieces in that backfield is, is MIA and uh the other one is not exactly Mr Dependable. So yeah. Well it's interesting. But uh yeah, I teased it right there. Uh, what do you say you start us off here with the fantasy football news?
2: I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story and I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen.
0: It's time for fantasy football news.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so let's rip through this news here. There's uh, quite a bit to cover. Some, you know, this time of year, a lot of it's speculation and some of it is new, you know, newsworthy and something you want to note for your fantasy year. But let's uh, go through this pretty quick. Kareem Hunt wants to keep his buddy uh, Nick Chubb in town long term. You know, Hunt is in the first year of a two-year uh, $12 million extension, while Chubb is in the last year of his rookie deal. Uh, there's talks of extension, but who knows what that's going to look like. But it's interesting that Hunt wants to keep his buddy in town uh, last year, they finished as the number nine and ten running backs in our standard in our league scoring. Do you think the Browns can can have two top ten running backs again this year?
0: Yeah, I think that they can. Like, obviously, part of that was Chubb missed a little bit of time, so Hunt got a little more play. But uh, they are both such good runners that team is so focused on their ground attack. Um, yeah, I honestly do think that they could feature both of those guys, and maybe not top ten, but definitely both top you know 12 to 14 both in the rb1 range i think
1: i think so too man we keep saying it. that's such a complete team in cleveland it's going to be scary they could be running out clocks as early (laughs) as you know just after halftime sometimes so uh speaking of teams with running backs clyde edwards hilaire of the chiefs he's expecting more targets in the passing game this year he finished last year with 54 targets 36 catches 297 yards and one score Uh, i had about 800 yards on the ground as well he kind of disappointed People that took him in the first round. Um, what do you see for Clyde Dillier this season?
0: Well, we've been talking about him a lot, right? He was one of my uh, he was one of my fantasy risers. Uh, he was one of my ups. Um, he's a guy that I think you're right is going to surprise because the um, you know the expectations were way too high. That was my feeling going into last year, and now I think it's an overreaction the other way. It's crashed down. And people look at him as just an unreliable piece. When in reality, you know he's coming into his second year on probably the highest-powered offense in the league. He's going to be in position to put the ball in the end zone more than anybody. Um, and with that passing attack, there's going to be room. So uh, yeah, you know I'm not I'm not uh, projecting him to be you know number one or two overall. But I think I think uh, where he's going in
1: drafts, you're going to be pretty happy with what he gives you. Yeah, I agree, hundred percent. Uh, some other running back news here, Javonta Williams, the guy we just talked about in the opening kickoff. Uh, he There's talks already that he could supplant Gordon as the lead dog in the Denver's backfield, uh, and Royce Freeman could actually be out of a job. So I looked up some numbers from the last couple of years. Uh, last year, Melvin Gordon had 215 carries for 986 yards with six touchdowns, while Lindsay had 118 totes for 502 yards. Uh, Freeman added 35 carries for 170 yards, and uh, combined for 50 catches and 250 yards. Uh, I don't think this is the same scenario as Cleveland, where they can have two running backs that are fantasy relevant. But Williams was not drafted to be a you know second fiddle, so um, I don't know which one would you take in drafts this year, Gordon or Williams? Um,
0: I I'm not really looking to draft Melvin Gordon. We talked about this a little bit. Uh, I think it was on last week's show that he's a guy. I if I ended up with him in a later round. Uh, I'd be looking to use him, you know, in a flex spot for my first maybe three weeks. And uh, if he's showing well, even though you still, you know, he may be a valuable piece through week, you know, six before the workload kind of transition happens. But uh, off of a few big weeks and you know there's going to be an early injury somewhere and there's going to be early disappointment with somebody else, uh, I'd be looking to capitalize on the trade value of Melvin Gordon just because, This is one of those situations where even if he starts off as the guy, by the end of the season, that's not what I'm expecting. And the worst thing is to get trapped later on in the season with an asset that you can't move because his value's already dropped, right? So it's one of those pieces you want to hope that he has a good start and maybe try to sell high. You might miss out on a couple weeks, but it's always
1: better to get rid of somebody a little too early than a little too late. Agreed. Uh, you kind of answered this one earlier, but uh, Jeff Wilson, he's expected, expected to miss the first six weeks of the season. That's obviously a pretty crowded running back room in San Francisco. Uh, uh, it sounds like most of it's going to be a starter here, but let's talk handcuffs already. Uh, with Wilson out, who do you think is the handcuff in San Francisco? Is it Hasty, Sermon? This is, the question,
0: <laughs> this is the question that uh, fantasy owners have tried to answer for themselves uh, over the last few seasons with no success. Uh, I remember when Raheem Moster was a name that was, you know, only the zaniest of fantasy football analysts were even throwing his name out there as an option. Um, and yet every year he came out and had a couple big games. Now he's the guy. He's the lead back um, of that, I feel confident. but uh, I think I would probably go uh, Trey Sermon. I think that that's the uh, better run, but you never know. we've seen them use the hot hand approach we've seen you know weeks where it seemed like it was going to be jeff wilson on a big fill-in and he's the waiver wire darling and everybody spends all their fab and he gets three carries and looks great and then all of a sudden the next the next player comes in and just takes the whole game over so um yeah i'm gonna save myself some stress and not try to predict that but if i was taking a late round flyer on somebody it would probably be uh trey sermon for kind of a draft and hold
1: yeah i think so too he's they they like him i watched him in college he's a Great runner. But, I mean, with Shanahan, he's always going to put his running back in a position to succeed based on their strengths. So whoever's back there is going to put up yards. Uh, let's rip through a couple of these receiver notes here. Brian Edwards of the Las Vegas Raiders uh, starting is ticketed for a starting spot on the offense. Uh, this guy had some hype in the preseason last year, but uh, he disappointed with injuries. Now that Aguilar's out of the picture, he could take a step forward. I just don't know how exciting the third or fourth option is you know, in the passing attack on Vegas is. So uh, it's something to keep an eye on, but don't get too excited about Brian Edwards. Um, Odell Beckham of the Cleveland Browns is on track for to start a training camp. Uh, Real quick, Kyle, what is your way too early, no preparation prediction for OBJ this season?
0: Um, I think he's going to be higher than what we've seen the last couple of years, but uh, he's, I think that we're at the point now where we have to say he's not going to live up to what we saw his first couple of years in the league um he's kind of like uh he's kind of like a more elite version of ty hilton where this name just carries this value in your heart but you're never going to get exactly what you're picturing you know what i mean
1: yeah especially on that offense right they're going to run so much that anyways uh cd lamb another high-powered offense we're talking about dallas here um He's getting more work in the perimeter. They're actually giving him reps at all four receiving spots with Cooper ailing uh, from that ankle surgery and injury. So you know we're going to talk about our mock draft later, and he went pretty early and opened some eyes. But uh, do you think he can overtake as the WR1 in Dallas this season?
0: Well, I think he's got the skill set and the body, but um, if Cooper's healthy, I don't think think that that's going to happen this season, um, but he's for sure going to be locked in as the number two, and it, it's going to be kind of a one-two thing. Uh, I, before, I know we're trying to rip through here, but uh, this is really concerning about Amari Cooper. I, I saw another report um, this week that he's struggling and that it's going to be a close call. That's the quote, quote-unquote, close call for him to make it to uh, the start of camp. If this, is, if this ankle injury is something that's, uh, you know, going to be nagging and, and have him coming in and out of games, as we've seen him do in the past, um, yeah, this could be a disaster for Cooper owners. Um, it could be a disaster for Dak owners. You know, we, uh, to much chagrin of some listeners, we uh, had Dak as our number three overall consensus-ranked quarterback. Um, without a healthy Cooper, that definitely... Kind of has to be adjusted a little bit, I think.
1: Yeah, that's very true. Uh, But somebody that could help him is Zeke Elliott, who's looking explosive this off season. They're saying he's trim, he's looking elusive. I don't know if that's just coach speak or we think he's motivated after last season. You know, people questioned if he's finished. So Zeke is a guy that's you know he's going to fluctuate on draft boards anywhere from third overall to tenth overall. So um, he's something to monitor. And if he puts it together, we've seen what this guy can do in the league. So keep an eye on Zeke and that Cowboys team. Uh, Josh Gordon, man, he applied for reinstatement. And uh, rumors are, if he does get permitted to come back, Seattle, the Raiders, or New England could be interested in the big-bodied, fresh-legged Ricky Williams protege. (laughs) Um, Do you think he can ever be fantasy-relevant ever again? Uh,
0: Fantasy-relevant, yes. He's not going to be, you know, the magical Flash gordon that we saw um you know there's a stat that's been flying around he's got the all-time record over a four-game stretch like it was almost 800 yards i think and whatever it was five touchdowns over a four-game stretch um it's so i don't know like we i jokingly sent to our i think that was
1: a decade ago way
0: yeah well that's what it feels like right (laughs) it feels like they were wearing leather helmets um i jokingly (laughs) sent uh I jokingly sent something to our uh, sorry for partying league and said with this news and said, well, Brad's got his fifth round pick sorted out then. Cause you know, he's just one of those guys that he can't resist. If Josh Gordon's, if the, if the glimpse of Josh Gordon's there, you can't resist, uh, you know, taking the chance on what might be, I would love to see him go to the Raiders. I think that's exactly the piece that they need. Not, to be their number one focal point you know waller's gonna fill that role and they've got a couple young receivers but to have a big body
1: sure-handed guy um i think would would boost that team a lot yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see hopefully you can put it together and stay on the field because what a talent in his prime um this note i don't i don't really have any news about it i just i saw this and i kind of forgot how ugly it is in houston right now but The Houston backfield currently consists of basically the leftovers of the NFL. It's got Mark Ingram, Philip Lindsay, Rex Burkhead, and the prize of the DeAndre Hopkins trade, David Johnson. And actually, you know what? That's like an insult to leftovers because they have purpose and can be delicious. This group is like the food in the compost bin. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Is this team... This version of the Houston Texans, is this the worst team we will ever witness? I'm asking for Lions fans all over the place. It's a tough... (laughs) The worst
0: team we'll ever witness? I don't know about that. There's been some pretty bad teams. Um, There's one name that that depends on, right? There's one guy at quarterback that that depends on. If uh, Deshaun Watson's there, then no. And if he's not, if it's, uh, you know... Probably Tyrod Taylor, I would guess, but uh, other than that, they're, I forget the name of the rookie that they drafted this year, but uh, yeah, possibly. Lions that's, fans, that's Browns play. fans, you might have
1: a 3rd Owen 0-16 joining you here. Uh, so we got some QB news. I'm going to, like we say, we're going to rip through this. So Big Ben, <laughs> he uh, sounds like he's going to retire after the 2021 season. Some people think he retired after week 12 last year. Um, obviously, we have high hopes for Big Ben and the Steelers this year. Um, some other news out of the town, the Pittsburgh, they signed Trey Turner, uh, offensive lineman. He was on the Chargers, I believe, last year uh, after David DeCastro was released due to his ankle injury. So it sounds like it's a career for Mr. DeCastro. He was, you know, fun, just a nasty Steeler O-lineman, um, and he'll be missed for sure. So hopefully Turner can fill in for him.
0: Yeah, I think he's. Uh, I think he's prime too. Sorry to cut you off, but he, no, no, that's right. He's he's pumped to get to Pittsburgh and just run smash mouth football. Uh, he's pumped
1: with the drafting of Najee and what they're looking to do. So I'm excited to see him. Same uh, Zach Wilson is impressing the coaching staff. Well, yeah, this again, this is the time of the year. He better be impressing them. And I don't know what else they're going to say. Like they're going to come out and say, "Yuck, we made a mistake with this guy in, in July." So uh, I don't know why that's fantasy news, but <laughs> that was one of the top uh, headlines. We got some New England chatter, or chowder, chowder. Um, <laughs> Mac Jones signed his rookie contract, and this is a big you know, benefit for him because he's avoided the task of trying to make Nikhil Harry fantasy relevant, as uh, Harry has requested a trade out of New England. Um, the playmakers are not great outside of the tight ends there. I know they spent a lot of money and, and brought in Aguilar, but I don't know. Even when Mac Jones Jones does, does get the chance to start New England, how excited are you about him as rookie season?
0: uh not very like he's uh he was my my answer to who's gonna start sooner but uh he's not a piece that i'm looking to add except in a dynasty league um and yeah Nikhil harry he's one of those guys that you know a few days ago it sounded like he wasn't going to make the team and then rumors and then reports come out he wants out um and he's young like it was only a couple years ago he was a first round draft pick so i'm sure he's hoping to uh I'm sure he's hoping to get somewhere to turn things around, right? As a rookie, he played with Tom Brady, and then things went a little sour after that, and he's had some injury trouble. But uh, yeah, not a not a situation that I'm looking to uh, put on my own
1: fantasy team very much uh Jaguar news shoot those shots and get your drinks up uh, Trevor Lawrence has inked his rookie deal he's big expectations for this generational talent doesn't it seem like we're throwing that phrase around a lot this offseason between him and Pitts and all these other guys it's, <laughs> that should be a fun generation I guess but um yeah so he's he's locked up in, in Jacksonville a guy that's not locked up where's the beef uh, it could be at the end of the season where's the beef gonna end up because it sounds like this is a kind of a make or break it year for uh, Minnesota quarterback Kirk Cousins I've kind of thought this since they drafted the kid in the third round this year uh Kalen Mond but I, I don't know I've just you know Kirk Cousins has had success in the regular seasons but he can't get it done in the playoffs and I don't think he can win you games uh, sometimes he doesn't lose them you can manage it well but I don't think he's the answer for a Super Bowl team aspiring team and uh yeah, I think by the end of this year, he's going to be at a job and looking for a new place to, to play football.
0: Yeah, like I don't even know that I'd call it a make or break year. I think it's he's going to put in a year and, and kind of mentor Kellen Mond. And he said after the draft, he's he's happy to do it. Um, but I think he'll have a home. I think he's still showing himself to be a capable quarterback. Um, and with, oh, the yeah, right, with the right team, you know, he could be the missing piece under
1: center. Maybe yeah, in he, Pittsburgh. Well, he's going to be one of these guys that Kind of like Fitzpatrick, right? Where if he wants to keep playing, he can find jobs, and you know if he's willing to move around. But he's not going to get this thirty million guaranteed again. Like he, <laughs> so good on him for getting his money, but uh, you better put up some big stats this year, Kirk. You like um, that? <laughs> exactly. Uh, two more things in the quarterbacks. Aaron Rodgers' man is entering Mariah Carey territory as far as divas go. He's. I don't know if you saw the any highlights from the, the match with him and Brady and the the PGA. Mm-hmm. Tour, but uh you know they were they're hounding him he's in his golf cart by himself and they're tr- asking him questions and he's just teasing and saying yeah we'll see he's just playing it up and you know I started to feel almost started to feel a little bit sorry for packer backers um <laughs> but then I realized I didn't at all um and then you know I don't know if you saw the Brady jab when they're on the he's talking to Gronk on the phone he said like, yeah I'm here with the leader of the packers I think so um, yeah, the saga continues. I think we're three weeks away from training camp, so we'll see if he shows up. I don't think he will. And uh, like the Beatles say, all you need is love, right? <laughs> yeah,
0: that's something they said.
1: Um, Kyler Murray, this is the one I wanted to get your input on for sure. Is He's hoping to run less this year. We touched about, on this a little bit uh, a week or a half ago or two weeks ago, I believe. But, uh, yeah, he's hoping to run less year. So it's like, he's planning to run less. So I don't know if you think he's going to make up for that with his passing yards and, and, or if this is going to hurt his fantasy value last year, 111 carries 819 yards with 11 touchdowns on the ground. Um, obviously he's still going to run some, but it's not ideal for fantasy owners to hear that about, uh, somebody who think, you know, some think could be the quarterback one this year.
0: Yeah. I don't know that I see a big decrease. Um, in his in his attempts or his efficiency on the ground um, I think part of what he's talking about is there was a stretch last year where um, he was running a lot and it was when his shoulder was hurt he was unable to get the ball down the field he was unable to get that quick release uh, with any kind of zip on it and the designed runs maybe were a little bit more Um, and you know, for a smaller quarterback, you got to watch out for the wear and tear. You got to watch out for injury because that's the, that's the risk, right? We hear it all the time is the way that they play your career is going to be a lot shorter. Um, but I think that his ability to extend plays with his legs is still there and, um, is going to be utilized. A timely designed run is a very effective tool. Um, and Yeah, like, honestly, I I, I hear what he's saying, that he wants to run less, but I don't see a big decrease because, uh, you know, his coach as well, Cliff Cliff Kingsbury, he's one of those guys in the hot seat. Um, You know, he kind of overhauled a lot when he got to uh, Arizona, and now he's had a few years. This is his third year with Kyler. Um, He's his second year with Hopkins. Um, He's got to kind of show you know, improvement in probably the toughest division or one of the toughest divisions in football. Um, and if you ask Kyler Murray to sit in the pocket, you're not going to be as successful, right? Just like with the Ravens, if you ask Lamar Jackson to sit in the pocket, you're not going to be as successful as when, you know, he uses the, the extra weapon that he has. Um, so we may see at the start of the season more of a focus on the passing attack, but uh
1: but honestly I don't I don't see a big change coming that way. No, me either. I think the key word there is hoping and once the defensive lineman, Aaron Donald, start, you know, getting at him, <laughs> you're not gonna have a choice, so <laughs> Oh boy. Yeah, well there's lots going on
0: and this is um, you know, we're we're slowly gonna be able to transition from um from the the coach speak and the beat reporter speculation um, and get to you know some real news coming out of uh, when actual training camps are open and and reporters are in there covering all that Um, but uh, anyways yeah there's lots happening and um, as always it's important that we talk about the uh, you know the football players but to us to us folks it's more important that we spend time talking about our listeners because without the listeners we'd just be two guys talking to each other on our headsets and uh, so we appreciate it and every week we like to uh, throw it back to you in the Falkomaniacs fan zone.
1: Oh my god. Oh my god.
0: Welcome to the Falkomaniacs fan zone.
3: <laughs> I'm a fan sir. I am a fan.
4: We're not
1: worthy! We're not
0: worthy! So, thanks to everybody who uh, reached out to us on this week's question. Remember, you can always send us an email at fantasyfalconfootball@gmail.com, at gmail.com and um, you can reply to the question by vote or by comment on Instagram or Twitter at FalconManiacs, or you can send us a voicemail using the link in the show description um so there was not actually a lot of consensus this time around you know our last couple of questions there's there's been one or two answers that really drew people in um our question from last week was from our running back 16 to 30 list so volume two of our running back rankings which of those backs had the best chance to break into the top 10 Um, and just a quick note if you missed volume two of our running back rankings make sure that you go back and listen to episode 49 of the podcast. Uh, So we had quite a few listeners who came back with uh, Chris Carson, that was a very popular name, Josh Jacobs, and Kareem Hunt. Those were kind of the top three, all guys who have been the lead dogs on their team, all guys who have shown that kind of upside at times. Um, Kareem Hunt, obviously, we talked about off the top, he did it last year, and so he'd be looking to repeat as a top ten. But uh, it was interesting, the next three most popular, the next three most popular names were uh, one of my guys, Miles Gaskin uh, with the Dolphins. Another one of my guys here, Raheem Mostert and Mike Davis. And uh, the reasoning that a lot of people were writing in, um, you know, on Instagram, uh, via email, on Reddit, wherever, um, was just perceived workload. And those three guys, especially Gaskin, Um, When he was healthy last year, he was getting an obscene workload and he was efficient with it. And it looks like they're in line to do that with him again. Most dirt has an opportunity with Jeff Wilson out for the first month and a half of the season to really take hold of that job. And if he can stay healthy, he can, you know, change the narrative in San Francisco and become a dependable piece. Um, and Mike Davis same thing we saw him step in uh, last year and fill in for CMC and now he's kind of got the backfield to himself in Atlanta so um, it's one of those things where just the the amount of work they might be getting could make up for any uh, deficiencies in their game but uh, one of the things Jeff that I loved as these answers were coming in and people were giving their thoughts and there's debate going back and forth about who's right and who's wrong and uh, whatever that's one of the best things about fantasy football is I might feel one way about a player and be so sure that I've got the right idea and the person sitting next to me at my draft thinks the exact opposite way same information same stats same whatever and we just we build this narrative in our head for every player and we lay it out for the season and it's just too easy sometimes when you hear somebody agree with what you think Like we just nod our head and think, yeah, yeah, that's right. And when you hear somebody go against what you think, you're just like, nope, nope, they're wrong. They don't know anything. They don't, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about or she doesn't know what she's talking about. (laughs) Um, And so it's funny because we didn't really plan on it. um, But this week's question, it kind of, um, you know, we got some information about what people thought about these running backs, but it also kind of uh, opened up kind of a, a fantasy football life lesson. Um, You know we broke down our fantasy our 10 champ commandments um, and we've been doing our fantasy 101 series for the last month or so but uh, it's important to remember every season it's really easy to get just cemented into our ideas you paint a player a certain way and you're stuck on that forever but that is not a recipe for success. Um, the NFL is like a living, breathing organism. It changes every week. It changes every play sometimes. And yeah, man. we as fantasy managers need to do the same, right? Like Bruce Lee said, we need to be water.
1: I like that. It's so true. It's so true. And people, you're right. People get set in their ways and, you know, in the preseason, they're like, by week five, I'm going to be doing this and this is going to happen for sure. And, you know, five minutes later, everything can change like in the, you know, It's everything changes so fast. That is my favorite part about it. Like I can hate a guy for three weeks and then the next minute he's the savior of my team. And I'm thinking about ordering his Jersey. (laughs) Absolutely, man. And you
0: never forget that's the, that's where that could be a positive and negative, right? The guy has one, one hot stretch for you down the end of the season. And in your mind, he's a winner forever or a guy lets you down and, and he's a a avoid at all costs picks. Um, yeah, we have to kind of take every year's draft as it is, take every player as they are when trade talks or waiver or whatever comes up. But uh, yeah, I just thought it was interesting, uh, some of the ideas where people were so high or so low on the same same exact player. Alright, well, we, uh, we've got something special this week. It's episode number 50 and we wanted to celebrate and uh, we teased it a little bit last week. We made mention of it last week and we had some of our listeners reach out and wanted to be part of the celebration. And so we're going to take a little break from our 2021 ranking series. So if you were hoping for uh, volume one of our wide receiver ranks, you're going to have to wait until next week. But this week we are participating in mock draft. 3.0 3.0 Maniacs edition
4: is this the real life it is the day many football fans have been waiting all year for
3: is this just fantasy
4: draft day
0: it's time for another fantasy falcon football mock draft
1: Mark! Yeah! Mark! Yeah! Oh, man. It was like, before we even jump into this thing, so first of all, it's the, the way we did this draft. It's a 12-team league, PPR format, super simple lineup. We got one quarterback, two running backs, two receivers, one tight end, one flex, and one defense with four bench spots. And, uh, yeah, it was fun to get the mix of two of our, our two main leagues together. And, you know, two mostly it was the active owners from each league that joined us. And the trash talk did not take long to get started it made it a lot of fun um, it started as early as the third overall pick so uh, what do you say we jump into the results of the draft buddy yeah
0: let's take a look at how she went down here.
1: so for rounds one and two we got round one obviously uh, CMC went first overall the toddy boy and then we had Dalvin Cook at the 1.2 spot and this is where things kind of went funny and this is where the trash talk happened so I was lucky enough to get the third overall pick and I was humming and hawing between Derek Henry and Jonathan Taylor who I've been crushing on and obviously, with Kamara and Zeke and Bar- Barkley and other running backs on the board, but I, my gut and my hunch said Jonathan Taylor, so that's who I went with, and the chat board went on, up on fire. I think you said I'm already calling it. Jeff's yep. gonna have the worst team at the end of the draft, Instant. so we're yeah.
0: I don't, I don't like the pick, but I like that you know what you're calling your shot. You've got Taylor as your number four wide receiver, so it's a one spot reach in your mind, and you know he's not coming back, so I, I can respect that um and just before you go on we should mention like jeff said he had the third pick in this draft um and i was at the number seven spot in this 12 team league and uh we should just give a quick shout out to uh to some of our listeners who joined in us so we had uh toddy boy 24 uh the number one we had Henburner at number two uh jeff the million dollar dream was team number three uh, longtime listener Tyler Walzak was at number four. GRD twenty seven hit the number five spot. Naji for me was at number six. I was at number seven. Whammer time at number eight. Uh, we had Team nine at number nine. Reed champion at number ten. Team eleven at number eleven. And uh, my favorite team name of them all, eight seven six five four three, was in the twelve
1: spot. There you go. So, yeah, we had uh, Toddy took CMC, and then uh, the head burner took uh, Dalvin Cook. I went with Jonathan Taylor on the Million Dollar Dream. And then Tyler must have been just thrilled to get Derrick Henry at the four spot, um, followed up by Kamara, Zeke, Aaron Jones, Saquon, and Nick Chubb. So the first nine picks in our draft were running backs in a PPR league. And then uh, we, before receiver, we had Travis Kelsey, which was fairly surprising. He went uh, number 10 overall which led into some more pass catchers. Devontae Adams was the first receiver off the board, followed by Tyreek at the turn. It was Tyreek, and then it was DK Metcalf. And then going back to Team 11, so they had Stephon Diggs. So it started off with Adams and Diggs, two teams at the end of the draft uh, going wide receiver heavy. And then we get into more running backs. So Reed followed up his Kelsey pick with Cam Akers. Team Nine added uh, Austin Eckler with Nick Chubb. Wammertime time added Saquon Barkley, uh, sorry, Patrick Mahomes with Saquon Barkley. So the first quarterback off the board went at the 2.5 pick, which was uh, fairly early, but he uh, got the, the best one in the league as far as I'm concerned. And then you stole Najee Harris uh, at the 2.6, <laughs> much to the chagrin of uh, the next uh, picker. I can't remember his name, Najee, for me, but uh, uh, he was not thrilled. He basically wanted to quit the draft and start all over again when he didn't get Najee. Uh, he took Hopkins, though, which is a great pick to go with Zeke Elliott. So you had Aaron Jones and Najee after your first two picks. Zeke and Hopkins were the next team. GRD added AJ Brown with Alvin Kamara. And then Tyler goes with Joe Mixon to add to Derrick Henry, two nice uh, running backs to start his draft. I went to the receiver. I took Justin Jefferson, who's one of my favorite players, to watch. Uh, Henburner added Dalvin Cook, or added George Kittle to Dalvin Cook. Uh, So just to recap my team, I have Jonathan Taylor and Justin Jefferson after two rounds. So then Heddenburner's got Cook and Kittle, and then it goes to Toddy Boy with C.D. Lamb. And this is where we got some uh, eye-opening picks because there's some big, big names on the board, and Todd still went with uh, C.D. at the the start of the turn.
0: Yeah, absolutely. There were a few few picks in the second round that kind of raised my eyebrow a little bit. Um, Even Mahomes at the 2-5, you know... Not that you could count on him coming back, I guess, in the second half of the third round. But uh, just for what's out there. But you know, if if that's what you if that's what you want on your team, that's what you got to go for. Uh, but there were a few players, you know, DK going right at the turn um, was surprising to me with with Diggs and Hopkins and AJ Brown and Jefferson all still on the board, um, and Cam Akers going ahead of uh, going ahead of Austin Eckler and Mixon and Najee. But, uh, you know, this is what mocking is all about. You're, you're taking the guys you want to take and seeing how your team turns out, really. You're experimenting a little bit. Um, I was thrilled to get Harris at the 2-6. Um, and I'll, I'll admit, I was down to uh, Najee or Joe Mixon, and I was kind of back and forth between those two. And probably the two tipping points for me were, number one, I'm a big Steelers fan, as you listeners know, and I'm pretty sure I'm not getting Najee in any drafts this year. And uh, number two, the guy drafting right after me, Josh, his team name was Najee for me, so I said, nope, Najee for me.
1: Like it yeah, this happens at drafts all the time, right? You guys get scooped right before you, and you, you can't get rattled because it could throw you off for rounds and end your season before it starts.
0: Well, and that's it, and that's why it's important to, uh, you know, like we talked about last week in Fantasy 101, and we've talked about um, in the past with our draft prep stuff, um, you know, setting up your own rankings and having it split into tiers so that if that name that you really wanted disappears take a quick look and who else is in that same zone it might not be exactly what you wanted but in the end you're probably getting similar production hopefully right um so uh turning around here at the third round this one i choked on my uh, glass of water a little bit so we have two tight ends off the board travis kelsey went at the end of the first round george kittle went at the end of the second round and with the 301 kyle pitts Toddy Boy took Kyle Pitts as the third tight end off the board. Whew, he's got some belief. Um, and uh, right after that, Antonio Gibson went. So, you know, a lot of promise. And then it was your pick, and you took another wide receiver. You paired up uh, Justin Jefferson with Calvin Ridley. So you must be pretty happy with that duo early in your draft. Oh,
1: I was thrilled when Ridley fell to me. I didn't think there was a chance of it happening.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, like those are two young superstars, uh, ready to, you know, continue to break out, I guess. Um, so right after your Ridley pick, uh, Tyler, he took his third running back. He went with JK Dobbins right away. Um, so he had Henry Mixon and Dobbins, um, GRD, George, he, uh, took DeAndre Swift. So his second running back to go with Kamara and AJ Brown and uh josh you know he he got over his loss of naji and took josh jacobs um i don't know if that's a first name thing he just likes players named josh or what but uh maybe josh gordon's right up his alley and uh then it came back to me and i took my first wide receiver and a guy that's on my loeg team keenan allen um who you know i see another big year second year with justin herbert under center and just a target monster um, whammer time, you know, he reached a little bit for Mahomes and, uh, and now he's got to piece together the rest of his team. So he took one of your guys, Miles Sanders, uh, at the 308, um, another wide receiver off the board, uh, at the 309, Mike Evans. So the first of the, uh, the Tampa trio, the Tampa tree. Um, <clears throat> CEH, who we were talking about earlier, Reed paired up, uh, so he's got Cam Akers and Clyde Edwards-Alaire as his starting running backs to go with Travis Kelsey. And then this was interesting because, uh, the last two teams at the 311 and the 312, they both took a wide receiver. Alan Robinson went to 311 and Michael Thomas at the 312, which seems crazy because a year ago people were talking about him as like the fifth overall pick. Um, but both of these teams now started three wide receivers. So team eleven: Devonte Adams, Stephon Diggs, Allen Robinson, and team twelve or eight seven six five four three: Tyreek Hill, DK Metcalf, Michael Thomas. Super, super, superstars. But this is only a two wide receiver league, and now you know there's a dozen or so running backs off the board. I'm not sure that's a position that I'd really want to find myself in. To be honest with you.
1: No, especially when you're about to say his next pick.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, before we <laughs> before we go around the turn, um, we did reach out to uh, to some of our listeners that drafted with us and and asked them about some of these picks. So after the third round, uh, we reached out to uh, Todd and we asked todd what made you take cd as early as you did and then at the turn you took pitts over waller do you think he has an immediate impact and here's what todd had to say
3: hey guys yeah i took cd uh, as early as i did i, I think he's going to be a beast this year uh, he was off to a good start last year and kind of when Dak went down kind of took the steam out from his season but uh, that that offense in Dallas is so good. They're just gonna steamroll teams this year. I think they're gonna allow a lot of a lot of points, but their offense is gonna be good. I mean, C D is just too big, too strong, too fast. He's he's gonna be the guy this year. And uh, I took Pitts when I could have taken Waller. It was kind of a, a coin flip, fifty fifty, I guess. Uh, but I do think Pitts is gonna be generational. He's really versatile. He's more of a wide receiver, but I mean He's gonna be really good. So I mean, I could have went either way there.
0: All right. So you know, a big believer, and like we said, this is the time to uh, to stake your claim on those those guys that you really want. So you're right though. At the turn at the 401, after going Hill, Metcalf, and Thomas, team 876543, uh, our buddy Henniger, he took Julio Jones. Oh, you so, added, added wide release, so. receivers, <laughs> wowzers! What did you say?
1: Sorry. Well, you released his identity. I thought it was. Wow. I mean, yeah, can I only. Yeah, I,
0: I can protect him up to a point, but like, when you take a fourth <laughs> receiver, there's no protection. Anymore. All right, this is it. I've had <laughs> enough of this. Yeah. So you know, looking for talent, and uh, he he's got no shortage of talent catching the ball. Hopefully, one of these guys is like a L Patterson and can can go under two positions. Um, Darren Waller made it all the way to the the 402 for Team 11. Um, And then we had our second quarterback go off the board, Josh Allen. And so Reed, Reed champion, started with Travis Kelsey and then two running backs, Akers and CEH, and then a quarterback. So kind of the strategy you took a couple of uh, mock drafts ago where just after telling our listeners, if you reach for one of these positions, never, (laughs) ever reach for the other one. But uh, Reed must have seen the polls because you were your team was slightly more popular than mine, so maybe Reed thought he could build a winner the way you did. Um, so after Josh Allen, another running back off the board here, Chris Carson, um, you know, popular choice to break into the top ten. We heard uh, Terry McLaurin went to Whammer time, um, so his first wide receiver was uh, scary Terry, and then I took my third running back, David Montgomery, a guy that your we talked boo. about last week, one of my boos um yeah you know i think at the 406 i'm pretty happy with that he was the third running back i took i'm happy with jones Najee, and montgomery because all three of these guys have you know a bigger workload than most and uh and are gonna you know be be startable all season long hopefully
1: Yeah, montgomery um, was the last uh just a quick note he was the last like pretty surefire workload guy on the board after him it's you know you get into committees and and guys that have less of a sure thing so I was watching him closely because we'll get to my picks coming up but I only have one running back off the board so far so he was in my queue and I was uh, not happy when you took him
0: yeah well there was a couple of teams your team and uh and toddy boy 24 both looking for your second running back and um, it definitely you know a draft like this definitely puts a lot of pressure on you if you pass on running back early you're really working hard to piece something together. Um, so after after Montgomery, we had Amari Cooper go at the 407, and then uh, Chris Godwin made it to the 408. So Evans was the 309. Godwin around later. Um, DJ Moore went to uh, Tyler's team, so he started with three running backs. His first his first uh, wide receiver was DJ Moore from the Panthers. And then we got to your pick, and I was a little surprised at this one. Not that it's a bad pick, but it just didn't seem didn't seem on brand for you. But uh, you went with your quarterback. You took Kyler Murray, and uh, you mentioned you know he doesn't want to run as much, but a lot of people are calling for him to maybe be the uh, the breakout number one overall this year. So um, how did you feel? How did you feel getting him in the fourth round?
1: Well, you know, I wasn't. That I was targeting him, it basically it came down to I knew I needed a running back and I didn't love anybody left on the board. You know, you look at the Hunt, Etienne, Gaskin, Fournette, Robinson, like it just nobody jumped out at me. So I kind of punted that. I didn't want to take a third receiver this early. So and I didn't like any of the tight ends after Waller was off the board. So I basically said, you know what, let's get my quarterback. And this is a mock. So I haven't had any rosters with Kyler. Let's do it and see how it plays out.
0: Absolutely. Um So you locked up your quarterback position. Cooper Cup went at the 411 to Henburner. And at the 412, another quarterback, Lamar Jackson, went off the board. Um, So Toddy Boy, he kind of broke the same rule as uh, Reed. He reached for his tight end at at the 301 and reached for his quarterback at the 412. And uh, he's got some work to do here.
1: Yeah, he does, because after four rounds, he's got one of everything, right? With uh, one running back at CMC. (laughs) He's got CeeDee Lamb, Kyle Pitts, and Lamar Jackson. So uh, he takes his WR2 with the 5.1 pick at Jamar Chase, which was kind of another surprising selection with some of the more established receivers on the board, the Robert Woods, Galladay's, Tyler Lockett's. But uh, he's got a hunch about Jamar Chase and that Bengals offense. So he took him, uh, which is followed quickly by uh, uh, Henburner taking Tyler Lockett. So he's pairing uh, Lockett and Cup in his receiver room. And then I took my second running back. So, like I said, there were guys on the board were the Etiens, the Gaskins, the Fournets. Uh, I couldn't give you the the just the I couldn't let you see me take Gaskin in any way. So he wasn't an option for me. <laughs> you're um, lo-
0: you're losing because
1: of spite now. That's where we're. Well, at. no, I love Freeman, and you know we touched uh, we touched on it uh, earlier, and uh, and we do think that you know t- they can hold two top ten running backs in Cleveland and. If anything does happen to Chubb, Hunt's going to blow up. So I'm happy with him as my WR, 2 But I knew when I took Hunt that I wasn't going to be taking my third running back too far away from here. But uh, that's who I took with my at the 5.3 pick. So I've got Jonathan Taylor and Kareem Hunt as my running backs. And then uh, Tyler took Russell Wilson at the 5.4, so the third, fourth quarterback off the board. Um, GRD took Travis Etienne with 5.5. So he's got three running backs, Kamara Swift and Etienne which is a nice third running back, I think.
0: Now, I will, I will say this. When that pick came in, there was an immediate message on the board saying I clicked on the wrong name. Um, so I'm not exactly sure. This is why it's also important to mock draft on the platform you're using because you don't want any uh, mistakes where you think you're adding somebody to the queue and all of a sudden they're on your team, right?
1: That's true, yeah. I like Etienne if he's a third running back and a guy you can bench until he's established. But, uh, yeah, I didn't realize he accidentally <laughs> pressed him, but that happens for sure. Um, next pick was Dak Prescott. So, Najee, uh, for me, took back Dak Prescott right before your pick. Uh, was that somebody you were targeting at that, the 5.7? That was my pick. That I had
0: three running backs and one wide receiver in Keenan Allen, and if I could lock up Dak uh my number 3 quarterback this year in my my rankings I would have been uh I would have been you know happy but I wasn't and it's funny cuz
1: you know I'm looking back and I didn't take Dak and I also have him third. I think I got a little when I got chirped about the Jonathan Taylor and oh somebody must be listening to the podcast. I was like I can't take all the guys that I've been crushing on so um But yeah, Dak went right before you, so you pivoted and went to uh, your WR2. So you took Kenny Galladay in uh, New York Football Giants, his first year there with Danny Dimes. Uh, So just to recap yours real quick, Aaron Jones, Najee, and David Montgomery at running back, and now Keenan Allen and Kenny Galladay at wide receiver. Uh, Pretty nice lineup so far. Um, Weimer took a pick uh, at 5.8 that I didn't love with Adam Thielen. He's a guy that I'm pretty low on this year and uh, moving forward. Um, But Waymer's happy with him as his WR2. And then Team 9 went with Robert Woods. So he's got three running backs in Chubb, Eckler, and Carson. And then his two receivers are Evans and Woods. And Reed went with another receiver, Odell Beckham. And that's his first receiver. So after taking his tight end and two running backs and a quarterback in the first four rounds, he's obviously very wide receiver, needy, and uh, is trusting OBJ to be his WR1. That may explain why he ends where he ends Ooh. up in the standings every year. Um <laughs> Team 11 took your boy Miles Gaskin, uh, and then at the turn, the first part of the turn, 8-7-6-5-4-3, his first running back took Leonard Fournette, and that's when it went yuck, yuck, yuck. <laughs> I mean, you can have all the running wide receivers you want, but if that's your WR or, or running back, one you're in trouble. Um, so real quick, at the end of the fifth round, you know, um, Josh, I, we're looking at his roster here, and let's just break it down for you. Which Josh is? Um, he's Najee. Uh, Najee right? for me. So after five picks, he's got Zeke. He's got Amari Cooper, he's got Dak Prescott, and he's got Hopkins and Julio. So we asked him, we straight up asked him, you know, you've got a strong, balanced lineup, but adding it up with a stack of Zeke Cooper and Dak from the Cowboys, did them playing on the same team factor into your picks at all? Do you usually look to stack your skilled players, or do you really not care?
4: I generally try my damnedest to avoid drafting one or two players from the same squad. As an example, I was eyeing up Will Fuller later on in this mock, I already had Gazicki as my tight end, and there's no friggin' way I'd ever have more than one dolphin on my roster. The problem here was that right before the mock, I had just listened to episode 47 of this podcast, where Kyle was all horned up for the Cowboys. I took Zeke and Amari Cooper, and then I took Dak right before Kyle could, just to spite him after the Najee robbery. To be fair, I did get Tannehill in the 10th round as a backup, and he's gonna be a (laughs) stud all year. Anyhow, Kyle said he would cut me off if I went too long, so in short... I absolutely hate having multiple players in the same team on my squad. It's a bi-week nightmare. Keep up the good work, dudes.
1: So there you go with that, and let's jump into round number six. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's something that sometimes it's an oversight and sometimes it's a plan. And I mean, if you're getting the WR one, the an RB one, and a top quarterback, it it can lead you to success. But it's it's sometimes it can fail you if that team runs into a streak of hot defenses. You're you're in tuff, for tough sledding for oh, a yeah. long stretch of the season.
0: And a little bit of gamesmanship. He was you know a little ticked off that I that I sniped uh, Najee away from him. So when he saw the chance to take a player that he thought I wanted and he was right, you know, he, he put a scowl on my face when he took Dak.
1: <laughs> and that's part of the fun too, right? It's just like, <laughs> you, you know, the next guy wants It's, it's, that's why Mark and this was a lot of fun and I'm hoping it's something we can do throughout the off season here with this group because uh, yeah, it was a blast. So uh, let's get back into the the results. So round six at the turn here. So eight, seven, six, five, four, three has Tyreek Metcalf, Michael Thomas, and Julio Jones. Has his receivers and start of his bench. He's got Leonard Fournette, and he takes a quarterback with his next pick, and Justin Herbert, who's a nice quarterback, but he's got needs on this team, and it's it's going to be tough to find that RB two. So uh, yeah, he's got Herbert, and then uh, Team Eleven goes with Chase Edmonds. So his two running backs are Miles Gaskin and Chase Edmonds. Don't that. Yeah, Reed is goes <laughs> with uh, DJ Chark, so he's the first Jaguars receiver off the board, uh, and Reed's second receiver with Odell Beckham there. So Odell and DJ Chark again. I don't know if
3: I love that
4: either.
1: Um, team nine went with the tight end, so the fourth tight end off the board, and and uh, sorry, fifth tight end off the board, in and Mark Andrews uh, followed quickly by TJ Hawkinson, who was somebody I was hoping that would come back to me at the six point five to Whammer time. And then you went with uh, your boy Deontay, and uh, you're very high on Deonte this year. This is kind of a run of all the Steelers receivers. I don't know if you noticed a bunch of them, but yeah. uh, three out of five picks were Steelers receivers, and I kind of chose mine based on the other two going so closely together. But you think Deonte is the number one in that room?
0: Um, I do. I think the targets are going to be. Uh, I think the targets are going to be high. I'm hoping he's got the drop problem um you know under wraps and I'll be honest the pick that I had queued up and ready to go was TJ Hawkinson uh so back-to-back rounds you know I had gone I had gone three running backs and a wide receiver and I was planning on going quarterback tight end um and both of those disappeared and this is where you know I didn't want to panic because Dak Prescott disappeared and there was nobody in the fifth round that was worth it for me there was no one in the same talent tier TJ Hawkinson disappeared in the sixth round. There's nobody that I saw that I just had to have. Uh, there were four guys right about the same level that were a step below him, um, like Mark Andrews. TJ Hawkinson went just before my pick, and so I was happy to uh, to let it come back to the next round, and um, you know, and happy to get another stealer. I guess I stacked a couple players as well, but uh, get another talented guy uh, to
1: go along with Allen and Galladay. Yeah, no, I mean, after six rounds, you have some nice, nice depth at both receiver and running back. So, uh, you know, you've got some flexibility there. One of those guys is going to be on your bench, so it's it's a nice option to have for sure. Um, so, yeah, you took Deontay at 6'6", six, six, and then 6'7", Juju Smith-Schuster went right after that to Najee for me. And then Devonta Smith, uh, the rookie wide receiver for the Eagles, went to GRD 27. So he's got uh, A.J. Brown, Godwin, and Deontay Smith with Camara, Swift, and Etienne, much like you, three and three, so lots of depth and lots of options there. Uh, Brandon Ayuk was the next pick of the San Francisco 49ers, one of the breakout rookies from last year, and uh, which is interesting to see how much earlier he went than Debo Samuel because both of them are explosive playmaking players, but uh, yeah, Ayuk went much earlier in our mock. And then I followed up Ayuk pick with uh, Chase Claypool, who I think uh, could have as good a year or better uh, touchdown-wise than Deontay. So, I mean, if I had the choice of all three, I would have taken Deontay as well. He was in my queue when you took him. But um, I do love Claypool, and he seems like just a touchdown machine. He's a mismatch all over the place. So I'm excited to see what he does year two. Uh, To finish out round six, we had James Robinson go with the 6'11". So Dalvin Cook, uh, Antonio Gibson, and James Robinson with the three running backs to go with Cooper Cup, Tyler Lockett, and... George Kittle for the Henburner, and then Jerry Judy, another uh, you know breakout candidate for uh, the Denver Broncos wide receiver who is mean, getting a lot of hype recently on social media uh, at the six twelve. So that's the the last pick of the sixth round, and um, you know at the end of the sixth round we had another question because I mentioned this earlier, but I asked Whammer, I said, are you feeling confident that Adam Thielen can be consistently perform at a WR two level?
2: Hey guys, congratulations on your David Robinson episode uh in terms of Thielen I don't see how he's not a top 25 receiver I know there is a lot of um, options in Minnesota with Jefferson and Cook but with that offense I think he's going to get enough volume as well as um he has the touchdown potential to um to keep him in the top 25.
0: Yeah this is one of those things where like I said you might think one thing about a player and the guy sitting next to you you know feels the opposite way and uh Only time will tell.
1: That's it. And, uh, I mean, everybody values everybody differently, right? So it's to each their own. It's their team. It's their draft. And if they fall in love with somebody, it's really, I mean, some people don't comment at all. Some people chirp. And... (laughs) That's part of it as well, but you can't get rattled in the draft. Just uh, trust your gut and and trust your instincts and do what you feel right is for your team.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So uh, at the turn here, so Toddy Boy, like he's got six players and four of them are either in their first or second year um, with CeeDee Lamb, Kyle Pitts, Jamar Chase, and Jerry Judy. And, uh, you know, he needed a little veteran experience on that team. And So at the start of the 7th, at the 701, he took Melvin Gordon, pretty big gap between his rb1 of cmc and his rb2 of melvin gordon so hopefully he take if this league played out he would take my advice ride gordon for a few weeks and then uh, try to make a move but uh going along here we had another quarterback off the board at the 702 matt stafford the newest la ram or one of the newest la rams and then uh coming to you at the 703 uh you went for a rookie running back to go along with kareem hunt and uh jonathan taylor javante williams who we talked about earlier um i was surprised at that pick but i messaged you after i was surprised at that pick because i thought you took jamal williams i didn't uh i saw running back d-e-n and i thought it said running back d-e-t and i thought oh that's a little maybe a little early for jamal williams but uh (laughs) No, I like that pick for you. You know, you've got Taylor and Hunt in the backfield, and um, and if you can get early season production out of them, then hopefully, you know, a month and a half or so in, you're you're getting more touches for Williams, and you uh, might find yourself in good shape. Um, so after you, Tyler added his third wide receiver. He added T. Higgins to go along with DJ Moore and Brandon Ayuk, and then it was a run of tight ends. And I mentioned, uh, I mentioned in the last round, I wanted. Andrews or Hawkinson and both of them went right before me and there were four guys that I had in the next tier down and two of them went right before me. Noah Fant went at the 705 and Mike Gusecki went at the 706 and looking at what was left, so I had two guys left in that talent tier and then I felt like there was a pretty big drop off and so I, you know, it kind of forced my hand a little bit. I I had to take a tight end to make sure that I got one I was happy with um, so I ended up taking Dallas Goddard at the seven o seven, in Philly there. <clears throat> um, moving along here to the seven o eight, Whammer added his third uh, running back, a pick that I really like, Raheem Mostert. At you know that we're in the back half of the seventh round, and there are players like Chase Edmonds and Travis Etienne and James Robinson and you know even Javante Williams really if you didn't if you needed a guy who could play now that's not really the guy I would have been looking for Raheem Mostert is going to be a starter in week one and he's a talented back on a talented team so I like that pick for Whammer's team um and then the MVP team nine took the MVP at the 709 Aaron Rodgers um <clears throat> and uh just after that you know reed he started off with no wide receivers until the fifth round and then after beckham and Chark, he added Cortland sutton who that's actually a pretty sneaky pickup in the seventh round this is a guy it who is was going you know maybe making it to the third round last year um, and then lost a whole season to injury but it sounds like he's going to be a hundred percent uh that could be a great pickup for reed's team um, and then to finish off the seventh round, we had Trevor Lawrence go at the 7-11. Um, so Team 11 got their quarterback in the seventh round, uh, the number one pick in the NFL draft this year. And then, uh, you know, Team Henniger, eight seven six five four three two 2 would have been the number of running backs he had if he took one here, but he decided, no, I'm going to go for my number one Tight end. He took Logan Thomas, the last guy that was in my uh, in my talent tier there. So he started off with four wide receivers and then went running back, quarterback, tight end. Uh, so he's got a little bit of work to do in the back half of the draft here, but... At the end of the seventh round, um, you know, I mentioned it, Reed, after going without a wide receiver, he took three in a row. And so we reached out to him and we asked him. We said, you took Kelsey near the end of the first round and then also grabbed Josh Allen as the second quarterback off the board, leaving you with no wide receivers. how do you how do you feel about your wide receiver position on your team with Beckham, Chark, and Sutton as your top three options? So let's hear what Reed had to say.
3: Hey guys, thanks for having that mock draft. Um, so, to answer your question, it's a mock draft, so I decided to go kind of off what I would normally do. So, that's why I decided to take Kelsey first round and take Josh Allen fourth round and leave my receivers till a little later. So, with the receivers, I kind of decided to go with guys who have a lot of boomer bust potential Beckham, Shark, Sutton. I think they could all have huge years. Maybe they could all end up in the top 10 or bottom 50, who knows? But that's what I went for. I feel like receiver is a deep position, so I thought I'd try this out for the mock draft anyways. So that's the reason I went with that.
0: Yeah. So, you know, he definitely gave himself a positional advantage elsewhere. And uh, I don't think he's in too bad a shape with those guys, but definitely not the upside um, of the players that went, you know, in those first four rounds. All right. So after Logan Thomas, you know, Mr. Henniger, he's a, he's a fantasy Falcon champion for a reason. He knows what he needs. So he flipped around and he took Michael Carter, Uh, Running back for the Jets, rookie running back for the Jets at the 801. Another rookie went at the 802, Jalen Waddell, uh, went to Team 11. They added their fourth wide receiver. And then this was possibly the best pick in the back half of the draft, I thought. Mike Davis goes at the 803. There are teams desperate for a starting running back, and this guy's got the backfield to himself. Reed had two second-year guys in Cam Akers and Clyde Edwards-Alaire. And then right into his lap falls a guy with a full workload. I love it. Um, And right after Mike Davis, another running back, uh, David Johnson went at the 804. And then it was on whammer time. And he took, I was between two players and he took one of them. He took LaVisca Chenault, um, a wide receiver in Jacksonville. Everybody Jags, have a drink. Uh, <laughs> a guy that uh you know all the talk has been real positive on uh he showed what he could do last year and I think this year next year we're going to see a lot of awesome things coming out but since he was gone I knew uh I knew who I wanted to go with I didn't want to get stuck like I did a couple of mock drafts ago um you know with a bottom of the barrel quarterback pick so I went for the reigning champion Tom Terrific Tampa Bay uh We'll see. We'll see what the old guy well, has left. I like, left. It. I like I, it too. I'm, I'm just I was, curious. yeah.
1: So at the seven to seven, when you took Goddard, where and Rodgers was available, were you considering a, a quarterback at that spot, or were you set on tight end?
0: Um, no, I had uh, I had Rogers and Brady both queued up, and what made me go tight end was that two went right before me. If yep. neither of them, or even if one of them had gone, and there were three guys left in that tier. I would have possibly gone, and I, I might have ended up going Rodgers. It was really a coin toss between Rodgers and Brady for me. Uh, but I might have gone quarterback there and uh, and let it come around. But my hand was kind of forced to go tight end. Uh, but I was happy because I got the guy that I wanted anyways.
1: There you go.
0: How um, so Bruce Lee of you? I, you know what? Stay water, buddy. I was just floating. Just floating. Let the waves <laughs> wash over me, and here I am. Uh, yeah, I'm sitting pretty good right now. Tom Brady is my quarterback. Aaron Jones, Najee Harris, and David Montgomery in the backfield. Keenan Allen, Kenny Galladay, and Deontay Johnson, and uh, Dallas Goddard. Like I'm, I have no problem with that lineup whatsoever. Um, so after my Brady pick, another running back, Zach Moss. Who you know, opinions kind of torn on what his uh, his level of workload might be, but we could see more could see more of a workhorse role emerging in Buffalo. And then another quarterback, Joe Burrow, went at the 808. And then tight ends, whoo, they were disappearing. Robert Tunyon went at the 809. And then uh, you ended up with Rob Gronkowski. So, uh, you know, for us, that might work out all season long. Uh, My quarterback throwing to your tight end, I like it. Um, And then finishing off the eighth round. So remember, this is a 12-round draft. We're only in the eighth round here. We had Jarvis Landry go at the eight eleven and the Washington football defense go at the eight twelve. So, you know, Toddy Boy, he's got two running backs on his team, and that's enough. He said, I need some defense. Defense wins championships, right, Jeff?
1: Well, that's and what he's thinking, and yeah. <laughs>
0: Um, yeah, so I, I wanted to reach out at the end of the eighth round to Todd again, but we did already talk to him. Um, so instead we, uh, we sent a question out to listener George and, um, I asked him, I said, you were the last team to take your starting quarterback. Um, so just a reminder, he took, uh, Joe Burrow, two picks. I was the second last team to get their starting quarterback. He, uh, took Burrow with the last, last kind of starter role. Um, But there were other names out there, Uh, Baker Mayfield was still on the board, Jalen Hurts, um, you know, with the running upside, but the one that surprised me the most was Ryan Tannehill, who's got Julio and AJ Brown to throw to, and also, uh, George is a big Titans fan, and, you know, the opportunity to get a, a good fantasy quarterback, who's also the quarterback of your team, it was surprising to me that he passed on that. So I asked him, you know, are you happy that you waited that late to get your quarterback? And why should we maybe be higher on Joe Burrow? Um, and George, uh, he got back to me later on. He sent me a text. So what he said is, so basically after the top five quarterbacks, I figure it's a bit of a crap shoot. So I went with a young gun. Uh, Usually there's a big second-year bump for quarterbacks, and it seems like the bungles have a lot of wide receivers being drafted, so I'm sure it's bound to rub off on him. And he said, I'm actually not huge on going out of my way to draft guys from the Titans necessarily, because I'm already cheering for them, so why not spread my rooting interest around? And that's true, right? Like
1: I love that. I love
0: it. I it's true because some guys are so some players are so dead set on getting guys from their team that they cheer for, right? Like if I I only want Steelers or I only want Maple Leafs in my fantasy hockey pool. But I'm actually kind of the other way too. I I avoid them partially because, you know, I'm already going to watch those games and sure it's more fun to to watch more of whatever sport you're playing, but also if things don't go well, I don't want it to like double ruin my weekend. Like I don't, I don't want the Steelers to lose and my fantasy team gets clobbered
1: because I stacked, you know, Big Ben with Deontay and Najee. Um, I can appreciate it for sure. I've been in leagues where I have won before with Big Ben and AB on my roster, and then, you know, you're you, it's great when you win, but then the next year I didn't have AB and it was just like it was freeing a little bit because I didn't care where Big Ben who he threw it to. So you're just watching the game as a fan, and yeah, just throw it. And then when I got rid of Big Ben and I didn't have any Steelers fans, it's just like, yeah, this is great. I just be a fan of my team and not worry about where the ball's going. Absolutely. Save that man. stress for the Texans and the Lions. <laughs> <Ooh>.
0: <laughs> oh boy. All right. Well, we got four more rounds here uh
1: to fly yeah, through. Do, it, do you want to guess going there? Yeah, so round nine, so Todd at the turn there, he took Washington and he followed it up with Michael Gallup as his fourth wide receiver, but two of them are on Dallas, uh, CeeDee Lamb and, and Michael Gallup. And then James Conner went to the Henburner at the 9-2. I took the Steelers' D at the 9-3. Michael Pittman followed <coughs> up by Tyler Boyd, Rashad Bateman, Robbie Anderson. And then kind of a surprising pick here in the ninth round, Deshaun Watson as a, a second quarterback to Whammer's team. Um, that's kind of a you know a lottery ticket. If he does come back and get cleared and he plays he can be I don't, in a season he could be trade bait for a team that has Mahomes already or you know if you wait long enough and get him late and he plays, that could be you know, like a league winner kind of thing. so
0: yeah, see I don't I don't hate the strategy, but if you've got Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback that you took in the second round, uh, I don't the only thing you're hoping for really is trade value. like I don't think you're gonna hold him thinking oh Mahomes
1: might get hurt or whatever. No, I agree, and I think I would have waited a little longer to take him, but uh, he's got him. So, <laughs> like week five, uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe, yeah, exactly. Uh, team nine added Kenyon Drake, so he's got uh, what five running backs now: Chubb, Eckler, Carson, David Johnson, and Kenyon Drake. So, if you had it up, that's probably four point seven five running backs. Uh, Reed added <laughs> Gus Bus. This was another nice pick. Reed <sighs> added some nice value running backs right at the end of the draft. Here with Mike Davis he saved and himself Edwards. a little, I think. Yeah, his receivers are. I mean, even his next pick is pretty nice. But <laughs> his first three receivers are sh- scratching my head. Uh, team eleven added uh, Ronald Jones at the nine eleven, so that's his third running back. And team eight seven six five four three added Daryl Mooney. Uh, you know, he's a breakout receiver for a lot of teams um, this year in Chicago, but uh, he's only got two running backs as of right now. But again, that, the turn, so it doesn't really count because his next pick was a running back. Um, mm. But at the end of round nine, we reached out to Tyler, and we wanted to ask him a question about his roster because um, he waited until round four to take his first receiver, and we we're cu- curious if he was torn on taking Dobbins as third running back over receivers like Keenan Allen, Mike Evans, and Allen Robinson at that pick. And also Calvin Ridley went the pick just before him. So if Ridley was still there when it was his pick, was that somebody he would have considered over Dobbins? Let's see what he said.
2: Hey, boys. Uh, Yes, I did wait until the fourth round to take my first wide receiver. Um, I was hoping that Calvin Ridley was going to fall to me. He was big on my team last year, and I think with Julio gone, I think he's now the guy in Atlanta. Um, He's only going to get better next year. Unfortunately, uh, he wasn't on the board for me. So I went with Dobbins. I wasn't happy with the wide receivers left. I think Ridley was the last wide receiver I had in that top tier, and I didn't want to reach for a second-tier wide receiver. So instead, I went with J.K. Dobbins. Also because I'm not sold on Joe Mixon. Um, I know his potential is through the roof, but if it's not there, then at least J.K. Dobbins could maybe take over that RB2 spot for me. And worst case scenario, Dobbins sits in my flex. That's a great flex to have. All three of my running backs are on teams where they'll probably be the feature back. Um, so I'm, I'm really happy about that. Uh, then in, in the fourth round, uh, I, was gonna, I was waiting for um, Chris Godwin to fall to me. Uh, unfortunately he went the pick before me so I went with DJ Moore um I'm confident in DJ Moore he is a better quarterback this year Sam Darnold is coming over to a, I know it's a new system and everything but I think he's better than Teddy Bridgewater and and uh Moore is the best wide receiver on that team so I think his value will go up um but I'm mostly excited about Michael Pittman. I think I think Michael Pittman is going to be my best wide receiver. Like I said a few podcasts ago or a few episodes ago in your podcast, um, Michael Pittman is my sleeper pick for the year. I think he's going to have a breakout season. Um, all right. Thanks, boys. Champion out. So this is one of
0: those things where, you know, just because we see it one way doesn't mean everybody else does. Um, and if he feels like or felt like there's a big drop off after Calvin Ridley at receiver and that you know Dobbins is going to kind of solidify and and possibly have the upside um in the second half of the season then he made the right move even though a lot of people might look at that and think well you've already got you know two great running backs why would you why would you take a third one right away and pass up on all those big names but you know he's done the work, he, and who are we to argue with him, right? He's the fantasy falcon champion of our league. He knows what he's doing. Your league, our yeah. Our sorry, league. yeah, our league. <laughs> sorry for parting listeners. Not Jeff's league. Sorry. I'm sure if Jeff was there, he wouldn't be. But um, yeah, like it's you gotta you gotta do what you believe in, and uh, and Tyler's one of those owners. I know a few guys in this mock draft are, but Tyler's one of those owners who puts the work in ahead of time. And uh, he's not afraid to kind of go away from the chalk chalkboard pick uh, to do what he thinks is right in that situation.
1: Well, if you look at his team after th- like his first three picks, we're talking Dobbins as his third running back, but his first three running backs are all could be volume hogs: Henry, Mixon, and Dobbins. So if he's right about Dobbins, uh, you know his flex spot's going to be putting up huge numbers, and it'll make up for any receiver stats that he's not getting from his wr2 um so yeah i like the way he's constructed his roster for sure and yeah to each their own that's all part of it right so um let's jump back into the mock here so after henniger took mooney at the turn he also added trey sermon the san francisco rookie running back so his three running backs on his team are Fournette, michael carter and trey sermon and he is also needs a hope and a prayer um number 11 took debo samuel so at the 10.2 Took Debo Samuel, was at five rounds after Brandon Ayuk went. Mm-hmm. And then Reed with another really nice pick, a guy I had my cue, Curtis Samuel, uh, now on the Washington football team as their WR2. I think he's going to be a gadget guy and and could have a nice year there. So that's another nice pick for Reed. Um, followed up by a couple more running be- or wide receivers here. We had Brandon Cooks go to Team 9. Uh, Marquise Brown went to Whammer's time. And Antonio Brown, your boo, went back to your team. Um Then Ryan Tannehill went, so another backup quarterback off the board for Dak Prescott. Najee for me is Dak Prescott and now Tannehill. And then we have uh, Devin Harris of the New England running back. Uh, A.J. Dillon went to Tyler's team. I took Mike Williams of the Chargers. Hunter Henry of the Chargers – or, sorry, formerly of the Chargers went to uh, Henburner, his second tight end. And then another quarterback to Toddy Boy, Justin Fields, who uh, he's a big Bears fan and has high hopes for Fields. So that's his backup quarterback.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Fields was actually going to be my eleventh uh, round pick if he was still sitting there. Um, I would have picked him up for the upside, uh, the late season, whatever, and and you know just in case, I guess the uh, just in case the wheels fall off of Tom Brady. But uh, <clears throat> um, flipping around here, we got two more rounds to go through. Um, at the turn, after taking Justin Fields' uh, toddy boy, he took another uh, another high flyer. And a, a player that I was surprised came all the way down this way, Will Fuller in his new home in Miami. We know he's going to miss week one, but uh, he's in good position to to provide some power to that offense and be the big downfield threat that he was in uh, in Houston for those few seasons. Um, after that, we had our third defense go off the board. The 49ers uh, went to Hemburner. Um, you took kind of a flyer rookie uh, Elijah Moore out of uh, out of New York with the Jets. There, uh, Marvin Jones, kind of the opposite of a of a high upside rookie. Um, Tyler took him just to you know have on hand. He's a veteran presence for Trevor Lawrence and and could be a big volume uh, receiver. Uh, Corey Davis in his new home in the Jets went uh, with the 11.05. Henry Ruggs, um, you know, last year's first wide receiver off the board in the NFL draft. Um, The chance to be the number one guy or the number one wide receiver anyways in Vegas. Uh, He's been getting a lot of positive talk, so not a bad late round flyer. And then I took my own late round flyer, but kind of an older name, A.J. Green. So I went Antonio Brown and A.J. Green um and i'm hoping that both of those guys can uh you know get established um and show a little bit at least of what they used to be those are two guys that you know seven or eight years ago people would look at that and be like wow you have antonio brown aj green now it's like yeah those are my last two player picks um and then a couple of uh you know straggling running backs devin singletary at the 1108 Naheem hines at the 1109 um, Michael Hardman, whose uh, people are, you know, we talked about him last week. There's a lot of pressure to for him to show something if he's going to break out. This is going to be the year, and if it's not this year, it's probably not happening. Um, and then at the 11 11, Irv Smith Jr., guy who could have a lot of upside, um, and could kind of be in a shared tight end situation in Minnesota, and uh. And at the end of the eleventh round, Baker Mayfield went off the board to, uh, to a team eight seven six five four three. Their second quarterback, so Justin Herbert and Baker Mayfield. And then, um, and then at the uh, last round, we had a whole string of defenses. There were three teams that had already taken D, and it was team number one, two, and three. So all of the defenses went. We had the Patriots, Raiders, Rams, Jags, Titans. I was thrilled to have the Dolphins fall to me at the 12.06. And then the Vikings, Buccaneers, and Panthers. And then the last three picks off the board, Jeff, you went with Jalen Hurts. So kind of what I was thinking of doing with Fields, that high upside, um, you know, see what you got kind of player. And then a couple of uh, a couple of running back flyers. Tony Pollard went to Henburner with the 12.11 pick. And the last pick of the draft, Mr. Irrelevant, Kenneth Gainwell, future starting running back of the of the Philadelphia Eagles, Mister Irrelevant. I um,
4: disagree. <laughs> <coming>. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> listeners. Disregard.
0: I don't actually think that Gainwell is going to be the starting. I just like to uh, to uh, bust Jeff's chops over Miles Sanders a little bit. So at the end of the round twelve, at the end of the draft, um, we reached out to Steve Henning's team, Henburner, um, and uh, he got back to us with a text message answer as well. So I asked him, I said, you were one of only two teams who drafted fewer than four wide receivers. So the only wide receivers on his team were Cooper Cup, Tyler Lockett, and Jarvis Landry. Um, So I asked, what's what's the level of confidence in that group? Is there any pick that you might have changed later in the draft? So, for example, he took a second tight end in the 10th round. He took his defense in the second last round instead of the last round. And would he have taken, um, you know, a late round wide receiver instead? So this is what Steve wrote back with. Uh, He said, it's definitely not the strongest group, but I feel like there's a lot of potential there. Cup has really been stifled the last few years. You know, one game he'll go for 150 and two, and the next he catches one pass for 10 yards. But with Stafford, I could see that entire offense getting a boost, and Cup is one of the best yak guys in the league. Yak yards after carry for you uh, new listeners uh lockett could also be huge and uh it's just going to be hard sharing the load with dk metcalf and with pete carroll saying they're focusing on the run more but he's all-star talented and jarvis landry showed what he can do last year after odell went down i expect more from him this year although with a healthy odell that will limit his catch-up side um now this is something that you talked about jeff not getting rattled And he says, and he kind of blames you, he says, Jeff taking Jefferson right before me really had me scrambling. And then I also took a tight end in the second round, but that's fantasy for you. And uh, he made a bit of a boo-boo. He said, I also didn't know the draft format. I should have listened to the commandments. (laughs) Yes, you should have. And listeners, if you missed our 10 champ commandments, go back and check it out. I thought I'd take a D... And thought I'd take a D second last and then a kicker last, but then there was no kicker spot in the league. So Tony Pollard in the 12th could be a good handcuff uh, handcuff upside pick. I would have liked to take another wide receiver, but he was the best player available to me at that point. So, you know, pretty honest answer. And uh, at the end of the day, right, this isn't a big stakes league. This is a mock draft where we're we're having fun. We're experimenting a little bit and uh, and, you know, just getting ourselves excited for football.
1: Well, it's, some people got a little more excited than others, and people are talking about you know, putting this together for a best ball league or, or see how this actually plays out, and uh, I, I don't think that's a terrible idea, but we actually had a question. With, we actually had a question from Reed, so let's take a listen to that.
3: I just have a question for you guys. I want to know whose team you think had the best draft out of everyone in there, other than your own team, obviously. Um, my opinion, I think it's probably either Kyle or Whammer. I think those are my two choices for who had the best draft. All right. Thanks guys.
0: All right, buddy. So besides our own team, who do you think had the best team in the draft? Who came out with the best team in the draft? He gave, he gave some love to my team and Whammer's team. That was
1: his, that was his two
0: picks. But uh, what do you
1: think? Uh, I really like what Tyler's done, uh, but his receivers are, yeah, I, I can't say you because then I won't hear the end <laughs> of it. So I'm going to say Tyler. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, you know what? You're you're close on my my list as well. Um, but uh just as much as I don't like the stack. Oh man. Never mind. No, I'm changing my answer. And uh funny enough, I'm gonna go Tyler as well. I almost said Josh because I just I really like what he's got. He's got Dak, his top two receivers are Hopkins and Cooper, both of them are our, our wide receiver ones. He's got Zeke. But then it's just he falls off too much. I think Tyler overall, um, you know, with the depth of talent that he's got um, and the upside of some of his players, Michael Pittman in the ninth round, like he mentioned, uh, both of us just, you know, kissing the ring of the fantasy champion. I don't like wow. it.
3: Woof.
0: <laughs> I, mean, I do like <sighs> I my team. I'd love to actually yeah. see how this play out. I think I had, yeah, I think I had the best. You think you had the best. Yeah. Um, Let's. Uh, we did get one listener actually who uh, who shared with us who they thought won the draft. We uh, got a quick message from Josh here, so let's have a real fast listen to that.
4: Hey Faulkners, love the podcast. You guys are absolutely killing it, and that carries a lot of weight coming from an OG. Sorry for partying, fantasy champ, just like me. Quick take on the mock. My team was easily the best. Kyle, you are an absolute turd for taking Najee Harris right before I could. You ruined my night, but I think I rebounded hard and drafted a balanced squad that would definitely take the whole league home.
0: All right, so you know what? I don't really appreciate the name-calling Josh. Uh, I'm sorry that you, you know, prematurely made your team name before you actually had Najee on your squad, but uh, that's the way the cookie crumbles, and uh, pretty confident. He thinks he's got the the hands-down, 100% guaranteed uh, winner, and I almost agreed with him, but... uh, Not quite. Didn't quite make the cut for me. I
1: don't uh, agree with him, but I I do appreciate the name-calling, Josh.
0: (laughs) But uh, we're going to hit it quickly here, folks. we got our two-minute drill, and we've got to wrap up this uh, super mega episode, our 50th episode. Uh, So Reed asked us both whose team we thought was the best, other than our own. And uh, now we're putting it to you, and we only want to hear about our own teams. I'm tired of talking about all these other teams, Jeff. I want to hear about my team, and to a much lesser extent, I want to hear about your team. So, folks, we want to know who drafted the better team, Jeff, the Million Dollar Dream, or myself, Kyle Faulkner. (laughs) Not, I couldn't change my team name.
1: It wouldn't let me. Big Country Kyle. Yeah, Big Country Kyle. There we go.
0: (laughs) All right, uh, we will uh, post our rosters on Instagram and Twitter, so you can check us out at Falcon Maniacs and see uh, the final squad, and you can vote in the comments or on the poll in our Instagram story at Falcon Maniacs.
1: That's it, friends. Football season is just around the corner. If you have keeper questions, draft dilemmas, you want us to rate your roster, send us an email at fantasyfalconfootball at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail using the link in the show description. Or as always, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Falcon Maniacs and reach out to us there. Uh, Falcon Maniacs, whether you're a longtime listener or new to the show, we need your help. Make sure you're hitting that subscribe button. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, make sure you rate and review. It helps us a ton and you, you won't even believe it. And no matter where you listen, the best way you can show your support is to share and recommend. So Fantasy Draft season is coming up, like we keep saying. So any of your friends, family, co-workers who are starting to talk about fantasy and any of your league mates they're into fantasy talk that goes beyond just repeating what you hear everywhere else learning about the game while having a little bit of fun at the same time tell them to tune in to the fantasy falcon football podcast have a great week free Brittany, and remember to set your falcon lineups
3: Woo.